listening to The Atomic Geeks, a podcast covering movies, TV, comic books, video games, and everything in between. So geeky. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to another episode of The Atomic Geeks podcast. My name is Michael DiGiovanni. I'm your host this week. I'm sitting in Toronto, and I'm drinking an Eggenberg Urbach a very tasty beer, which is considered one of the world's strongest beers in the entire world. I am on the phone with the usual suspects, fellas, if you will. Oh, hello, everyone. It's Christian in Oakville in his basement, and I'm holding a cold bottle of original Lucky Lager, established in 1934 and apparently has no preservatives. Oh, hi, Internet-based friends. This is Mike Downs, and I'm in Halifax, and I'm drinking a Japanese Sapporo, which is brewed by the Sapporo Brewing Company in Guelph, Canada. And, like the rest of the white trash on the phone, I have a cooler beside me, so I won't have to get up and ruin the podcast and grab a beer. I might also add that I'm wearing a wife beater and only boxer shorts. Cheers. <laughs> Yay. Yay. <laughs> That's progress, people. That's progress. i got to step up my intro. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Downs, uh, DJ, Christian, and everyone out there. It's Andrew Bloom calling in from London. I'm actually um, recovering from my extremely alcohol-filled uh, Easter weekend. I'm drinking nothing but water with a side of aspirin. <laughs> well, Andrew, like the, you, uh, that Easter weekend was quite pimping, wasn't it? Where you were in yeah. the Bahamas, was that Go correct? Je- yeah. Go Jesus. Um, wow, Jesus is huge in the Bahamas. I'm glad you went all the way to there to celebrate. Hey, there's there's churches are crazy down there with the, the singing and the dancing around and everything like that. But yeah, I was down in uh, down the Bahamas, enjoyed it. Lots of sun, very tired. Just a small benefit of being in the Atomic Geeks podcast pays off. That's right. Bahamas, that's right. <laughs> Friendsetters, right. private jet. world travelers. It was Atomic Geek related business, I believe, wasn't it? Oh, for sure. And next week, I'm going to Tilsonburg. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Talk about difference of scale. Okay, before we get started on this week's topic, just wanted to touch on something that we discussed in last week's uh, podcast episode, and that was the controversy of the Wolverine film that was leaked online early. Now, one of our fellow Atomic Geeks here, Mike Downs, had mentioned that he had watched said leaked film, but we never actually got his thoughts and and or review on the film. Now, I've heard a lot of people uh, that have actually seen it now, so I've got an idea. I'm starting to uh, hear how what people are thinking of it, but I was really curious what you thought, Mike. So why don't you give us as non-spoiler as possible a review of what you thought of X-Men Origins Wolverine? Hated it. No, I'm just kidding. Um, did you guys know he dies in the end? No, again, just what? joking. Um, okay, so I was actually thinking about this today, actually. Um, I just said actually twice. Uh, three times, actually. Four. I'm, actually, I'm, I'm babbling about actually. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. I'm on. Um, you know, I... I, I'm, I'm not sure if I liked it or not. I definitely am reserving final judgment until I'm looking at the final film, and that'll be in um, you know a, a seat at the movie theater. Uh, I will say that I think it was a little bit better than I expected because the press is bad, has been bad about it. Um, one of my big problems, which I really didn't solve in, in watching the movie, was uh, – 
Lulu Schreiber's casting. You know, I'll, I'll still go to the bank and say that Taylor Maine at least looked more like uh, Sabretooth. So, and I, I like uh, Lee Schreiber in Scream, but other than that, I don't really know what he's done. So I don't know if he's a great actor. I've heard good things about him, but you know, I wasn't sure about that. Um, yeah, without getting into, I don't want to talk about spoilers, uh, so I won't talk about that. But you know, I, so I'm, to me, the jury's really still out on it. I, I'm glad I watched it because I, as I kind of mentioned that uh, last week when I was arguing the pros to downloading it, um, it definitely made me now for sure want to see it in the theater. Um, but I, I don't know if it's it's it didn't blow me away. I'll say that for sure. It's no. Um, you know, X-Men 2 or anything like that. It didn't floor me. Um, I think there are good things, but there's... Um, Ryan Reynolds, actually, for, for the, the the fans out there, you know, um, there was a lot of talk about Ryan Reynolds' Deadpool. Um, and while I'm not a huge fan of Deadpool, I thought he did a pretty good job of getting that wise-cracking um, assassin down. And I also thought um, the dude, whoever this guy is playing Gambit, was pretty good as well. Um, I think Gambit's role could have been bigger... Um, you know, without getting into a whole lot of, you know, dissecting it frame by frame. I've only watched it once. I didn't want to go back. Um, as I, And as I said last week, a lot of the kind of the really cool stuff isn't finished yet. So really what you were looking at when you were looking at this movie was the story. Um, you know, Hugh Jackman, while I wouldn't have necessarily cast him as Wolverine 10 years ago, I can't imagine anyone but him playing Wolverine. So, you know... It was all right. Um, I think I'd need to see it again to really make a final decision. But it, but it wasn't bad. There was some cool shit in it. Um, it's definitely, you know, Wolverine's doing more stuff with his claws than he ever did in any Wolverine movie. So, you know, if you're a Wolverine fan, you're probably going to like it just for that. So is that what do you got? Is that it? Does that answer your guys' question? Well, you know, of, of the pe- of the people that I've talked to, let's call them my sources. Uh, <laughs> mo- most people have said they liked it better than they thought they were going to. Because I'll be honest, I know we, uh, we've we talked about the trailer for Wolverine. I was a little mixed on it. I thought there was a lot of elements that were kind of cheesy of it. I didn't like the look of Gambit. I, I'm not sure about Deadpool. But a lot of people were like, di- weren't going in expecting much, and they thought it was better than they what they expected. Uh, and I have heard, Downs, what you are saying, which echoes what you said, that Deadpool is surprisingly quite good. So uh, I'm curious, but, you know, it's one thing that you said that is, you know, interesting. Some of the people that I uh, talked to that said they saw it said it was pretty much complete. Outside of a scene at the end, they said that, I guess, included a lot of CGI. This film was pretty much locked. Like, it was about 95%. So I'm curious. I I don't know why you're saying you're going to reserve your judgment. Did you feel like it was pretty incomplete? No, no. No, and like I like I was saying last week, the story is there. There will not be unless they take stuff out. Maybe there will be no changes to the story. It's really polish. Um, I, I'd be surprised if people are saying it was only the end. There was pretty much in the middle. Um, you know, Rob, uh, who I've mentioned before, was here today at my house, and he said he only watched the first bit of it and shut it off because the first kind of big action sequence. There was like a scene. It's some of the scenes are animatics, so maybe people thought those were were final scenes. They they aren't right. They're it's still Wolverine, but it's kind of like stop motion, if you will, in some scenes. And some is like drawn in. Like some stuff is is very not done. But in terms of the story, it's there. Like you, I, I'm I don't think I'm going to walk in the theater and go, you know, uh, oh my god, that happened. Like that's not going to change. But in terms of judging a movie. Um, 
I never said last week, I don't think, that I, w- that I was going to base my final decision off of a, of a pre-release. This, to me, as, as you said, has changed my mind in that I didn't think it was going to be that good. I'm now thinking it's not bad. Um, it, it's, well, it's better than not bad. It's not great, but it's not – it's not bad. Um, you know, it's, 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 uh, it's somewhere in the so middle. What you're saying is, is it's not bad. <laughs> well, you know, it's, I, I don't know if I can call it good. I mean, I, I'm just, I'm loath to put a, a stamp of good on it yet because I think when you go to a movie like this, you want to see, as you, you guys said last week, you want to see the big explosions and shit, and some of that is missing. So I think the enjoyment factor of a big action movie was a little bit lacking in watching it, A, sitting here in my office wearing a wife beater and boxer shorts and on my 13 inch computer screen, um, you know, and no surround sound. So I think some of the experience was missing. So I think that really adds to your enjoyment of the movie, but not bad though. Not good, but not bad. Well, to sum up what you just did in 10 minutes, you're not really sure. No, no, I'm, I, I am sure that it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. That, that, that would be, as, as Mike said, this is at least confirmed that I'm going to pay $10 to see this movie. But before, I might have said, I'll wait and get a downloadable version, not a cam. I never watched those things where some jackass videotapes it from the, from the audience. But um, there are other ways, once the movie gets released kind of in Europe and stuff like that, where you can get a pretty good copy, um, it, which is how I watch, tend to watch some movies that I'm not sure about. And I had been thinking I was going to do that. As as Christian pointed out, I don't get to see a lot of, you know, being a dad and a husband and a president of a company, I don't get to see a lot of movies in the theater. This has now at least got onto my list that, you know, I really should see it in the theater to make my final final approval. But, but I'll, I'll, go out and I'll, I'll go out and I'll say this. It was good. It, it's not great. It's not, it's not in the best comic book movies we've ever seen, but it's better than, say, X-Men 3, Daredevil by, by a long shot. So uh, the only other thing I would say t- to what Mike said, I would caution people – I don't think Daredevil was great, um, especially if you're probably a hardcore fan of oh, him wait, in the comic mean, book. You mean Deadpool? You oh, sorry, Deadpool? sorry. What did I say? Uh, Daredevil? Yeah, Daredevil. sorry. Yeah, sorry. Deadpool. I, I thought there was a lot of negative press about Ryan Reynolds, and I can take him or leave him, but I thought he did a pretty good, smart-ass job, and I think that that's into the, the core, one of the think core things of, of Deadpool is his smart acidness, if you will, and I thought they captured that pretty well. Um, I, I don't want to cool. spoil the rest of how things end and stuff like that, but it was I'll, – I'll say it was good. I mean, I'm going to go see it again, so I guess it's that good. Cool. <laughs> well, you know, before we get into our topic, I'll say one last thing. Uh, what you said, though, when you summed up that you're watching it on a 13-inch screen without surround sound pretty much validates why I will not download films in advance of them coming out to the theater – to each their own, but that is pretty much the reason why I would not have downloaded the Wolverine movie. But that said... Uh, oh, nice. Should, you just, just set that up and then don't let me respond? Hey, man, this is the powers of being the host. <laughs> Fuck, Mr. okay, Matt. so you in know. two weeks I'll come back and we'll have this conversation again. <laughs> Before we get into our, the topic, though, Christian, Andrew, you guys still very interested in seeing Wolverine, though, I'm assuming? Uh, I doubt I'll see it in the theater, Um but I mean, I will rent it when it comes out. But no, nah, I don't think I'll see it in the theater. No, I'm for sure seeing that in the theater. I, for me, it's I just need the excuse to go to the movies, and that's one of them. I'll I'll be there for sure. Yeah, my, uh, I mean, it being a Wolverine solo film is pretty much guaranteed. I mean, it could be absolute horseshit, but I'm still gonna I'll still subject myself to sitting in a theater and watching it. Okay, well, let's move on to uh, the topic for this week. And what we're discussing this week is a little trip down memory lane. We're going to be talking about action figures. 
And just to clarify, we're talking early 80s for all of the four men on this podcast because we are children of the 80s. So we want to talk about our favorite toy lines, not just toys in particular. We're talking the favorite toy lines. I'm doing air quotes right now. (laughs) And kind of our memories of them and how the lasting impression that they made on our lives. So just when we just to start to get us going on this, uh, why don't we start with can you remember the first toy that you actually started collecting? So that but I mean, is not like just, oh, I got a uh, stuffed animal or I got, you know, Play-Doh. I'm saying like, what is the first toy line that you remember getting multiple uh, figurines or accessories for? Andrew, do you remember which one was of yours? Uh, probably the first one. There were there were a couple. And th- I mean, this is also going to be going back uh, at least five years. No, going back a while. Uh, I remember Fisher Price Adventure People. That was exactly that is so. Funny. <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to say. Now, I, I also remember Playmobil, but I don't think that's as far back. I used to get these Fisher-Price Adventure people. Don't even remember how it started, <laughs> where I got them, any of that stuff, obviously from my parents. But they had the coolest uh, get-ups and, and, and collections that you could get. My favorite probably being the uh, Daredevil Skydiver, um, <laughs> which the guy was dressed like Evil Knievel. I don't know if you guys remember this, but he had an actual cloth um uh parachute that you would hook onto the guy and you he could come out of it and run around and everything like that um you could whip up in the sky and you you know parachute down obviously but they also had stuff like you know jeeps and um vans helicopters planes Wicked like motorbikes anything. too man I they remember the really, motorbike really yeah. the motorbike driver had like the bendable legs and he was wearing those motorbike pants so he almost looked like he was like a cowboy with his legs. Yeah. Yeah. You remember they, that? They had the uh, sidecar for the 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 person who would go beside him. But That's they, so funny that you mentioned that because that was totally the top of my list for the first toy that I remember like getting multiple pieces for and I the Fisher Price Adventure Line if that was the name of it uh the, the, the adventure, one, adventure people. Yeah. It was the, the adventure, adventure people. Yeah. The adventure yeah. people. I remember the care, the, the guy who, remember how in any toy line, you always had one figure that was like you, like, you know what I mean? Like you were like, mm-hmm. I got 30 figures, but this guy is always going to be me when I'm having people play. Uh, <laughs> this is, so I my get this guy, guy. <laughs> I get this guy. And my guy was always the construction working guy. Do you remember him? He had the white shirt, blue pants, and a hard hat, and he was a bit more like uh, olive-colored skin. And the and shirt a was a bit more open. Yeah. <laughs> I remember Big I mustache. <laughs> this was the sign that you really liked an action figure. If you picked up the figure by his head and shook it gently and his limbs went absolutely completely <laughs> loose. Do you remember that? Well, that I, only I, happened if you took and played with them in the bath because they would get all wet and they would get all loose. <laughs> My guys, like, paint had like worn off and he was so loose you couldn't you could never have stood him up on on its own free will ever oh, sure. like he your, always had to be like i'm just sitting down that character you're describing too was also uh dubbed in with the adventure people village people was, <laughs> that's what i was gonna say <laughs> but I, I my guy was always the motorcycle guy he came with the uh oh i think it was the daredevil sports van i had to look that one up and it came with a, a van, like total 70s van with the big glass window in the side. It's a kayak, 
a motorcycle and a parachute. And it came with two guys. One guy was wearing a helmet for no reason because he's just wearing jeans. But the other guy was a motorcycle racing guy with the <laughs> blue helmet and the silver goggles. That was me all the time. Jesus Christ. You guys <laughs> just hit me straight between the eyes with this because I totally forgot about this because i had all of this adventure people shit when i was a kid i had the uh the television crew set that had like oh a my blue... god i totally forgot about the I television had, it had, crew. had the blue van would actually would kind of like put the door would spin around it actually was like a, a, a like a console and a, a video camera and then i also had the jungle set which had the jeep and had like lions and zebras that went with it and then the last piece i got was the uh, adventure people friggin space shuttle that had some oh. Buttons, oh, had buttons had buttons on that. had buttons on the wing that you could actually push. He's taking off and he pushed a button. He goes, yeah, it was called it was called the Alpha Probe. You're exactly right. <laughs> the, the, the anal shit. what? The, the, the anal, anal what? Probe for six year olds. <laughs> okay, okay, I had okay. So much of that stuff. You know what's weird for me? Maybe I took too many drugs. I have no fucking clue what you guys are talking about. I do not remember really? this shit at all. Google you know, this Adventure is... People, man. You'll see all of them. You'll totally remember it. It's so I don't funny. know, man. My, we were we were poor, man. We didn't have a lot of this shit. I don't think. I, like, <laughs> my brother-in-law used to say at Christmas, he used to always get like he, he had a big family of all boys, right? And, or almost all boys. He'd get he'd get like a GI Joe that was you know the five-inch GI Joe, and his brother would get the, the you know a Trooper Dan who'd be like twelve inches tall, and they could never play together. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, I don't want to jump on, but I mean, G.I. Joe is mine for sure. Oh, I had that, G.I. Joe's too. See, I had G.I. Joe's, but that was the first one that you remember getting like multiple pieces for. Well, I mean, you know, like it's funny because you guys are talking about this. Now, as I look at these, uh, so I, I Googled this shit. I kind of remember these dudes. Oh, actually, the dudes with the kayak. Uh, maybe. But I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, it's funny because my whole thing about this whole topic is I actually never collected any action figures until I was 19 years old or 20. Um, you know, I, I had a bunch of dinky cars. Um, and, and in fact, I remember like other people's, I, and actually it's not even GI Joe star Wars. I had the black um, plastic Vader action figure case, but I only had two action figures in it. Like that was, I'm, we were fucking poor, man. I mean, I didn't have, you know, we, we weren't keeping up with the Joneses. That's but for sure. I, didn't everybody have that buddy who had, like, I've got all the Star Wars. I had a friend who lived down the street from me, and I'd have, like, you know, I thought I had a lot because I had, like, I don't know, 20 action figures. I would go to his house. He would have, like, hundreds lined up all around his room on, on a shelf, and he'd be like, oh, you know, well, let's not play with those today. Like, but he would just have all of them. He'd be like, what do you do for, like, what do your parents do that they can buy all of these for you? Well, and that's I, – I, I grew up to be that kid. My whole office is full of action figures now because I didn't fucking have any when I was a little boy. <laughs> Just people get concerned we invite young boys over to your basement to look at your toys. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously, come see see my action figures. Bloom, you're totally right, though. There was always one guy on your block, any kid's block, that was like the prime collector of toys that you'd walk in and he'd go, here, uh, yeah, come on in my bedroom. And then it would be like Mm -hmm. that Pulp Fiction, like, golden (laughs) glow when you open up the door. You'd be like, What? I, they have, actually have an IG-88 figure? Yeah, no, I, I was going to say, they have Chewbacca's little brother from the Christmas Star Wars Christmas special figure? And, and you know what the funny thing is? Is as a kid, you looked up to that kid, and the reality is his parents were never there, and he was a sad, sad little boy who got all the love from the action figures. 
Oh, he was always a prick, but he had great toys for growing yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now that Why kid is like homeless. Bubble downs. <laughs> I'm sorry. Bubble? I'm just saying. He was that, like, that... I have like a rosy memory of this person on my street, man. <laughs> and where is that dude now? <laughs> he's homeless, you know, or he's, you know, he's like working at a Burger King somewhere, flipping burgers, and he still has all those action figures in his office. So Actually, that's a, that's a little if, too close to home. <laughs> you're saying if we had a lot of action figures as child, if you had a robust collection of action figures means you were doomed to failure in your life? No, I'm, we're talking about a very specific individual. For me, it wasn't action figures. There was a dude who had the best comic book collection I've ever seen. Like, you walked into his house, uh, Tim something or other, and I was like, how, how 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 can you have all these comic books? And the reality is, is his fucking life was a shambles. His mother and father, I don't know, beat each other and killed each other and went to jail. And he grew up homeless and penniless and whatever. And I was like, so you know what? Maybe I didn't need all those fucking comic books then. And maybe I'll buy them now. I'm just saying there was that, that one person who had everything, who, you know, it was all material possessions. And as a kid, you looked up to them because it was like they had the best life in the whole world. And then you realize that, you know what? Loving parents and a roof over your head and three square meals a day was really all you needed. Listen, but it, you, it doesn't change. <laughs> if you went to somebody's house now and they had the big fancy car and the, the, all the PlayStation and the big television and the, you know, the hot wife and this and that, we're still doing that going, wow, this guy's got everything. It doesn't and change, that, and, it's just the toys are different. And that's the problem with the human condition, because you're not happy enough with what you have at home. Today's after-school special is brought to you by the Atomic Geeks and Mike Downs. I was going to say, can we, plus, can we put mute on Mike Downs' uh, on <laughs> microphone you. right now? This is getting far too deep. We were talking about adventure people five minutes ago. I'm sorry. We're I talking okay. about the human I'm, condition now. I was about to go online and buy these, and now I start to worry that maybe I've got some problems because I want hey, toys. I'm a deep motherfucker, but that doesn't mean I don't look on eBay at buying that USS flag that big aircraft carrier from G.I. Joe every other day. So I'm just as bad as everybody else. Well, if you're buying an aircraft carrier every other day for crying out, then you definitely have a problem. I'm not buying it. I'm looking at it and dreaming like Wayne in Wayne's World looks at that white guitar. And maybe if our TV show or podcast gets picked up, then I'll be able to afford a six foot long toy aircraft carrier. <laughs> yes. No, okay. I've got to just say one thing. I have to go on one of Downs' tangents that he just put out there I just I got to I got to glom on it for just one second. You know, Downs, you're totally right. There was one guy in my neighborhood who was had the most impressive comic book collection I'd ever seen. And I remember his name. His name was Todd Charters. So Todd Charters, if you're listening and you're 47 years old right now, <laughs> big ups. But uh, Todd, Todd, hopefully your hopefully your life wasn't as sad as I mentioned, dude. I hope, hope that, that hope you got them bed and board, buddy. <laughs> Todd Charters, he uh, what he lived literally in the neighborhood of where I grew up, and my parents were friends with his parents. Todd was, if I remember, he was probably fifteen years older than me, so he I was like eight, and he was in his like early twenties, mid twenties, and. So he was never around, but I used to go with my parents when they'd say, we're going over to the Charter's house. And I'd be like, can I come? And then they, they'd be having coffee or whatever the hell they were doing. They'd be like, Michael's here. Can he go down and look at Todd's comics? So he'd have to, I'd go into this kid's bedroom and he had comic boxes everywhere. And sometimes he'd come home when I would be there and he'd be like, kick me out. But this guy, <laughs> I like, so was 
envied this guy. And then I remember now, as I got a little bit older, I'm like, Todd Charters was a complete nerd. <laughs> <laughs> Says the guy who's on a podcast called yeah, The Atomic Geeks. <laughs> Michael, get out of my room. You're getting fingerprints all over my Superman. Oh, just wait till all the hate mail on theatomicgeeks.com. Oh, my God, it's coming. So, no, but you... So just just well here. just to go on that tangent though this is a pretty good tangent I think well, it, it was the coolest when you ever went to someone's house with your parents and you got to play with other toys that I think was one of the best things about your parents going to someone else's house and was like what does this kid have you know what I mean like oh he's got this and I you totally know, agree with you it's like it's like oh it's like holy shit I don't got that I'll play with that it's, and by the time you leave the place is a fucking disaster totally ruined right thanks for having me <laughs> you <laughs> you up. You know what that literally is? The that's the adult equivalent now of coming to someone's house and going, "Hey man, they got beer in his fridge. Let's have let's drink some of that." Like it literally it, it's that you you'd walk into their house and they'd be like, "Yeah, just yeah, let Michael go downstairs in the basement." And I'd be like breaking into the, some guy's closet and flipping through. <laughs> oh my god, he has all the issues of Secret Wars. Like, you know, <laughs> or or it would be raiding someone's porn collection. I was trying to think of an equivalent because stealing his beer isn't quite the same as messing with his shit and leave it. This is true. I have beer on the brain. Let's Which would get be terrible minute. if you got caught with someone's porn collection. <laughs> Awkward. Okay, I'm going to pull us back on. I'm going to pull us back on track, Christian. Why don't you tell us? Uh, I don't know if you got a chance to ever tell us what was the first toy line that you remember, as young as you might have been, getting multiple pieces for. Um multiple pieces i can't well i mean i i remember having one or two of those um the mego uh superhero figures you know that had basically were like for example they had spider-man but spider-man's head was a rubber head but he had the cloth costume on oh yep and and or like aquaman had the like the really shitty kind of like green kind of like oven mitt gloves on that you always buy the like but after a month you didn't have any more you didn't know where the hell they were I had a couple of those. I had what did I have? I had Spider Man, and I'm pretty sure I had a Superman. But the the one toy line that I remember distinctly having, because uh, at Christmas my brother and I got like about four of them, and we had those uh, those giant. I guess they were at the time they seemed like three feet tall, but they're like the, I guess they're the 12 inch Star Wars figures. And we had a we got a Darth mm. Vader, a Stormtrooper, uh, Luke Skywalker, and Boba Fett. And the Boba Fett one. Boba is Fett. a thing of legend. Like yeah, you talk right. about that with guys in their 30s. That 12-inch figure in particular, that mm. figure was awesome. I'll tell you, you know what the cool thing, the greatest thing about this figure from a, from a playing perspective, because, I mean, as far as collector collectors are concerned, blah, 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 whatever, I beat the shit out of this thing. The Boba Fett was different than the other action figures because, A, you, you could actually bend its arms and its legs, and, uh, and and it also had like a little eye hole in the back they could use like as his scope, and he had a rocket pack that shot a friggin' harpoon. Oh, I remember that's that. What, that's what I remember. This was the one that actually launched that harpoon. That was the coolest shit ever, man. That was cool. But Darth Vader, Darth Vader, although he had a lightsaber and a scar and a, and a scarf, I was going to say, and a cape. His arms had. He no- was accessorizing. You know, <laughs> Darth Vader <laughs> accessorizing. Yeah. <laughs> and a little little purse on the side, but his arms they didn't have any. It didn't have any joints. It was basically like these these four sticks attached to a torso with a Darth Vader head attached to it. So it's kind of limited. It's kind of like playing ability, so to speak. I remember that. Sorry, I remember that Spider-Man figure that you were just talking about. His head was 
so rubbery. You could literally <laughs> squeeze his entire head like I'm crushing your head. Like he it was so rubbery. Like they literally used like basketball material for his head. Do you remember and such like nylon like nylon-y like fucking material for his outfit? Yeah. Like why couldn't they make it better back then? Like I don't that's what I don't understand. Was it just like 70-year-old men smoking cigarettes working in a factory making these things and <laughs> like uh, getting them out? Is it people that didn't know anything about or cared about the toys cuz that's one of the things that's funny cuz Downs you've mentioned that uh, later in life, you really got into action figures. And I don't want to get too ahead on of ourselves, but you look at action figures now, and you can clearly tell the people that are designing and making these uh, figures are fans of the particular uh, genre. Like, if, like, these are fans of Spider-Man. These are fans of you know, Transformers, whatever, because they're making them as cool, as articulate as possible. But then you look back to, like, the late 70s and 80s. These are just like, hey, we got an order in. We need 30 Spider-Mans. All right, let's get these Spider-Mans. Let's get them done. Like, you know, and it's like rubber heads <laughs> and nylon. This is what Mike thought of factories when he was a kid. It was like six guys. Let's put these Spider-Mans together and put them out in the thing. Well, <laughs> like, I think it's just, it was a matter of, like... They didn't have as much input probably from the comic book companies, and they wanted to do it cheap. Yeah, well, and, yeah. Cheap. Not, not only that, but I'll tell you, I think the whole idea of collecting, like, again, not to get too too into what, what we're into nowadays, but I collect action figures now. I don't play with them, you know, and that didn't come around until guys like me were heads of toy manufacturers. So, you know, like in the 70s, they were just making toys. They were just licensing shit to put in five-year-olds and to ten-year-olds' hands. They didn't give a flying fuck if it actually seemed anything like what it was like. It was just make a – I'm looking at mega superheroes. Make a Robin figure who's got the queerest, you know, uh, green puke yellow – cape in the land they don't they don't give a fuck about that they're you know they're not thinking that kids are going to go oh this isn't really robin you know what i mean and because at the time those types of toys were only just starting whereas 30 years later the kids who grew up on those things now as i said are the heads of toy companies because they said you know what that shit we had was cool in a a kitschy kind of way back in the 80s now i'm going to make a toy company that makes the most authentic action figure known to man and then and 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 that that, that's taken them from you know my kids toy bin out there to the 10 shelves i have on my walls and they don't get played with you know what i mean like so it's kind of a a bit of a disservice to the action figure because the action figure today isn't played with as much as it's put up on a shelf and collects dust and i cry when i go home when i go to my room i think the i think these guys talk to each other and they go remember toys used to be played with and we just sit here and we don't get to play anymore and we just got dust all over us it's really sad you know i think you stumbled on something there though is that toys brought like you know obviously i was making fun of that the spider-man figure that christian brought up but that was really because those toys back in the 70s 80s whatever were solely geared to kids and to be played with and to be like in basements and smacked on the ground and in backyards and in bathtubs nowadays uh, action figures are more collectibles and almost models. You know what I mean? Like they're not they're It's being made for an adult audience versus really children. You know what I mean? Like they were toys were simply for toys. Like, you know, they had to be durable and kid were like kid 
protective. Like that was yeah. pretty much it. That's why my parents used to say they love Fisher Price. Like they didn't even know what it was or cared about anything. They would just be like, love that Fisher Price. You could drop it down a set of stairs and it's still ready to go. That's all they care. Because <laughs> I used to smash everything. Anything I got my hands on, I would break. Because we and play the shit out. Yeah. We played the shit out of those toys. Like that's totally. the, like you know, it's funny because you brought up Playmobil earlier. Like I don't know if Christian or Downs remember these either, but yeah. Playmobil, those were fucking awesome, man. Yeah. Because Andrew, you had a pretty pretty good collection of those as well. This is mm-hmm. when we're like very young, before we're getting into our favorites, which we're gonna get to. But the Playmobil uh, toys, those were pretty durable. You could almost. You know, barring throwing it against a wall, a brick wall, or having your parents' car drive over them, they were gonna last. Yeah, for sure. Uh, is that the one that? Remember, there was that um, the car set that it was like the parking garage that was like a couple levels, and it had that elevator. And went click, 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 and you'd roll it up no. at the top, and then you'd tip out the ramp, and the car would go around. Was that Playmobil? No, I think that it was, was no. That was just like dinky cars or whatever. Those are Hot Wheels. No, no, no. It was like, it wasn't dinky cars. I'm the fucking dinky car master, man. This was like plastic cars. You know what I mean? The people sat in them. Playmobil was like the little, like they had little like police sets and freaking construction worker sets. And they're like little guys with kind of like uh, rectangular torsos, round heads with little dot eyes and like skinny legs and flat feet. And, and Beatles they like, haircuts. Yeah, Everybody and they had, had of, Beatles haircuts. And they had tons of little pieces that you could freaking lose in their change in each set. Playmobil things were what what they to Christian's point, they really prided themselves on uh certain genres where they would go policemen, firemen, pirates, knights. But man, mm. I'll tell you this that they were one of the earliest toys lines uh, that pretty much created so much detail into yeah. do you remember like the knight like the knights one they had horses castles you know princesses like it it would jou- horses for jousting and everything like that like they did and they had those hands that were basically just like clamps yeah, you remember and, and you clamp could- on everything <laughs> they were like very cheap plastic and the only way like they could bend was ba- i don't could they bend was, like the only thing the arms would move and the lower body would move at the hip. Like the legs were stuck together. They couldn't move individually. So it could sit down or stand up. And then, but you could exchange the hair. Like they were almost like Lego almost. That You could exchange the costumes. But they, they weren't movable at all. But they had those clamps and everything they built. They had walkie-talkies. You could click into them. They had, you know, megaphones, whatever. I remember those things. I used to sit... And they, they used to have magazines with the Playmobil stuff that you could get. And you used to just sit there and be like, whoosh, whoosh, and let's stare at them and be like, I want that one. And I want that one. And these were <laughs> like, they were, um, head, they're made from in Germany. And it, it's no wonder that they're, they're German toys because they, they had every little thing. They came with, you know, very detailed instructions, on how to put them together. But they were, uh, they were, I just, oh, I just love those things. Do you remember the Germans make uh, the Germans make good action figures? Well, that's why because it's no surprise to to your point that the the detail that went in them because I remember at some stores when you'd go around Christmas and they would have the Playmobil displays and you would see like the they had one that was like the the Pilgrims or like they had like the Christopher Columbus one where they had the giant ships and yep. you'd walk in they'd have it in the displays and you'd be like oh my god. 
mom, can I have that? And she'd be like, honey, look at the price tag. It's $34. You know, like, but $1,000. It's those toys were so detailed. But yet, once again, I'm saying this uh, it detailed for the time, because uh, if I remember correctly, I was quite young. This is like when I was seven or eight years old that these things were out, but they were awesome. Like they were so cool, not necessarily for the design of figures. Cause they were almost like those who made little people. That was Fisher. Fisher Price that's well. Fisher Price. I mean, that's the stuff I'm buying for my son right now. It's all about the little people, you know, right now in my living room, he has a little people garage he has uh, the little people farm, and we have little people like in our closet, like w- waiting for next Christmas to give him. Like he was, yeah. he's, he's stocked up with little people. But it was very much like that. Like it wasn't. It didn't have to do with the actual figures. It had to do with you being able to set up environments, or that they had. You know, like I'm looking right now. They actually still have Playmobil, and they still have like all these different setups. Like you're saying, they have Romans. Like you can get Playmobil Romans, and then down from that warriors and they come with like shields helmets swords spears something that shoots cannonballs like it's just and that's i don't know if it's a german thing or why the action figures were very utilitarian or if it was just (laughs) you know like i'm just saying like it just it's you don't need fancy you get toy go Uh, toys must be durable yet educational and fun (laughs) <laughs> fun. <laughs> fun is last do you think actually you know it's funny that you mentioned that it's so true about little people and then playmobile it's almost like they were uh little people were for very young children and they hoped that you would grow up into playmobile somewhat because the toy lines are very similar but there is an evolution slightly in terms of uh functionality and what you can do with them but what really made those uh toys special and andrew you nailed this was that you the environments and the sort of uh, different contexts that they put those in that you could be a pirate that you could be in Roman times that you could be in King Arthur's times like that's what made them great like the toys the 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 King Arthur's Playmobil guy or the or the cowboy little people looked exactly the same as the the home play uh, little people guy. And they and likely, I'm sure the cowboy people even had that dog. They probably always had a dog. Remember they always had I that. I have some animal with you. <laughs> okay. So you, you know, what's weird. My kids, we have a, a little people thing, right? Cause they're still out there. Little people are still around. And, and um, we, we got this like uh, big, like fucking playset, if you will. Right. It's a scene. It's a, a car a road going around and a couple stores. And like, uh, my youngest boy was playing with it, and it, it plays songs, right? You take the little person, and you put them on this thing, and it plays a song. And it was like, oh, that's pretty neat. And then they sing the We're Little People song, and uh, it goes around and around. And the next thing you know, him and I are fucking around. We push another button, and they sing another song. And, like, this thing went on for, like, 15 different songs. We, we, we were like, oh, hey, let's just keep pushing things and try and make it make noise. It went on for, like, 15 different sound effects and songs and shit. And I was like, holy cow, this thing is, like... It's got more, you know, computer. Well, it's like it's 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 got more computer bits in it than any any Commodore sixty four I had when I was twelve year old. And this two year old's got like a fucking aircraft launcher here that's sitting in his little little people thing. I was like blown away. The difference is is now though, if you look at little people today, 
the figures actually have like arms and legs and hair and stuff like that. When See, I don't like kids, to hear that. No, no, but listen. I know listen. you don't like to hear it, but they when don't we have kids, legs or arms. Take a look at, well, the ones I'm looking at right now, little people, they have legs, arms, movable legs. Like I'm looking at them. No, movie. they're not. Well, the, not the ones we have. It's like one oh. molded figure. Yeah. It's like one hard figure. Little, they what didn't I even have little that. They were made with, of blocks. <laughs> yeah, they were blocks with plastic heads, and they had the plastic hair, which was very similar, uh, similar to the uh, Playmobil. So that was the giveaway that they were made by the same company. But, Andrew, I think you're well, they, confused. They that this... Little People were made by Fisher-Price, the people who made Adventure People, and they were rounded, like carved out on a lathe. Yeah, like wood. wood like the blocks. bottom was... Yeah. But, but, the, but then what up, are you talking about the, like, arms and legs? Go, that... If you go now to Little People made by Fisher-Price, they have arms legs they're not necessarily movable but they're plastic toys that have all sorts of things go right now go to fisherprice.com and check them out yeah but they don't okay but they're they maybe have like the definition of arms but they can't move or anything like that. no it's one solid when figure we were kids they didn't okay. even have arms or legs they had a tube that was their body see oh. in my utopia in my utopia we will all just be tubes with no <laughs> arms or legs, and I will have a dog. I will have a dog that is as tall as me, with no arms or legs, that will hang out with me, and we will go down slides together and live forever. It'll be, it'll be a little black dog, black and white dog with black ears that eventually we can just get bitten and chewed off. <laughs> nice. My, that's so funny because our uh, dog, little people dog, had his ears <laughs> chewed on. It's just it's a natural thing. Did it did it smell of like fruit or something that wanted kids to chew on it or it's just chew on everything, especially <laughs> you. <laughs> okay, guys. So well, I think we've really gotten into this good now where we've talked about our first toy line. Now let's get into what you would say would be your favorite from your childhood. So Downs, this predates the uh toy lines that we have up on our in our offices now, we're going to get to that. But we, what I'm talking about now is what was your favorite toy line or favorite toy lines uh, of when you're of your childhood? So, Christian, why don't why don't you tell us? Why don't you start? Um, I mean, probably the most action figures I've had of uh, any toy line would probably be uh, He-Man. I had tons and the of Masters He-Man. of the Universe. The Masters of the Universe. He-Man, the Masters of the Universe were awesome toys because they were almost the first toys that were big do you remember that like where mm. they were like big and they had awesome swords and like there was detail it's like i almost want to say they were the gen one of the mcfarland toys in a certain respect mm. they had uh they, i mean yeah sure their arms moved and their their legs barely moved did they their legs were almost kind of attached by elastics if i remember correctly but yeah. they yeah. they were Awesome toys. I mean, I remember every. I'm. I'm pretty sure every one of the guys on the podcast here will agree that the first time you saw them, this was sort of like a really different type of toy because we were used to the uh, GI Joe, Star Wars figures, Adventure People, all of that. That were the smaller. I don't. I, I dare say maybe like three, four inch tall uh, little figures, yeah. slender. Then all of a sudden you got these He-Man figures hit the market and you're getting like a four and a half, five inch toy. But the width of it, the size of it, in terms of the detail, these these fucking toys were awesome. Well, in, re- in retrospect, if you look at them, 
you kind of realize, I know that I guess in Eternia they must have had the world's largest gold's gym for crying out loud. All, <laughs> <Yeah>. of, <laughs> all of these, all of the characters, if you analyze it, they're basically all the same friggin' like uh, bodybuilder model. You know what I mean? I mean, like even Matt Man at Arms was like huge. Man at Arms. I mean, the only, the only. Forget about Man at Arms. Skeletor is a fucking skeleton, and he's ripped. <laughs> yeah, you but know? come on, he's evil. That makes sense. He's he's got fucking dark powers or something. You know what I mean? He's fucking Skeletor. But I mean, the only ma- the only male character that actually kind of broke the mold of the of uh, of all the other figures is probably uh, Ram Man. <laughs> yeah, he was rather Ram Man. Didn't hit the gym with the rest of them. Hey man, we're <laughs> heading to uh, the uh, Good Life Eternia. You want to join us? <laughs> nah, man, I'm all right. I'm, I'm, cool. I'm just, I'm just going to go to the Eternia donut shop for a couple of uh, Skeletor crawlers. No, I, 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 I hear She-Ra's, uh, or uh, was it She-Ra? No, what was the uh, chick's name? Tila. 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 Yeah, yeah. I, I heard Tila's down the mall. I'm going to go check her out. <laughs> yeah, the girls were slender. They didn't have a lot of muscle mass, but you're totally right, eh? The the guys so ripped. Because like, you know He-Man and Skeletor had to have bumped into each other at the gym or wherever the fuck they were working out. <laughs> They're like doing, you know, they're like fucking put doing their lats and shit. And he's like, dude, you wait till you see what I got on the weekend, man. We're going to be, I got battle cat coming. We're going to fucking storm Castle Grayskull. <laughs> yeah, man, whatever. He man toweling off. I'm going to blast my lats and then we'll go take over freaking Skeletor's evil plans for crying out loud. You know what's so funny? I remember getting, I remember getting, uh, I so wanted Castle Grayskull. And I will oh. digress for a second. Once again, the actual uh, like places like Skull Mountain or was, was it Snake Mountain? Snake Mountain. Snake Mountain. Snake Mountain, Snake Mountain yeah. and Castle Grayskull. Those were fucking awesome. Like that Amazing. was, I dare I say it, for the early 80s, revolutionary in terms of the actual play sets that you could do. That uh, And I remember I demanded, begged, pleaded for, <laughs> with my parents to get me Castle Grayskull, and they got it for me, and you put the stickers all over it, and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I, get, I get it. I have it in my bedroom. Couldn't sleep. <laughs> <laughs> my mom and dad had to turn, turn it around and, like, put it under the bed. During the day, I could play with it, but then you go to bed, and I just have those dark, articulate eyes staring at me, fucking at night. I couldn't sleep. <laughs> This is Castle Grayskull? Yeah, man. If you, Couldn't you console lo- yourself in the fact that the sorceress lived there and she was good? <laughs> no, because uh, Skeletor is there too. Come on. No, Skeletor lived in Snake Mountain. Yeah. Right, 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 right. Sorry. Castle Grayskull was actually a good place, but that was Right, scary. right. <laughs> but that was only... Not even the fact was... that it was plastic. <laughs> but, and you know, it, a castle. I will say, but I, it looked scary, though. It looks scary. It looked scary, pretty though. scary to a little to a little kid. It looked pretty scary, man. True, true. Hey, listen, actually, you know, I did a little research in advance of He Man because I was hoping one of you would bring it up. Would you like me to take you through a few of the He Man figures and see if you guys remember any of these? Because th- some of these are quite good. No. Sure. <laughs> okay. No, thank you. Do you re- <laughs> first of all, I want to make one little note. Probably. The funniest character of uh, ever was Man at Arms. People love that character. The toy didn't have the mustache, though the cartoon did. I don't know why either the cartoon decided to go. I feel he needs a stash. I need, well, he needs to look more like Tom Selleck. Well, I, guess the, the, I guess the cartoon, because he was a father, so I guess the mustache gave him more of a kind of a father figure allure, I guess. 
True. That's a very insightful. He was, he was Tila's father, right? Isn't that true? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, oh, yes, yeah. Yep. 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 Okay. So here's a couple. I'm gonna I'm gonna read out a couple of these, and I want to see who on the on the pa- podcast remembers these. Does anyone remember Faker? No. No. Faker, Faker. This was the. This is probably the the best marketing of cheap toys ever. Faker was the evil robot He Man. Which was just basically the He-Man figure painted oh. a different color. Do you remember this? <laughs> yes, I remember like, now. He was a blue colored uh, He-Man figure, but we were made to believe this was Faker, Skeletor's evil He-Man robot. Do you remember that? I do remember now. <laughs> okay, do you guys remember the battle armor He-Man? I don't remember, but I've actually pulled up a listing of figures I'm looking at as you name these. Battle Armor He-Man, and they had a Battle Armor Skeletor. They had, like, silver uh, uh, chest plates on, and uh, one of them started with just, like, an insignia, and then if you hit the toy, it spun once and showed, like, battle uh, damage, and then it spun twice and had two little nicks in his armor. Quite awesome. I, I was <laughs> totally primed to really like to know every single one you were going to mention. So far, I have not won at all. Anyway, go on. Okay, you so suck. now let me get into the uh, the porno He-Man figure named <laughs> Fisto. Fisto, <laughs> and if I if you must, uh, if I might note, he's also the one of the only <laughs> He-Man figures who has a mustache and a beard. So he's full in porno, and he's actually some of his outfit is pink. So that is quite funny. Here, these are the the funniest thing too about He-Man figures is the names. They completely ran out of ideas for names. Does anyone remember Spikeor? <laughs> I can I can no. guess what his special talent is. <laughs> He's the untouchable master of evil. If you must know, the untouchable because <laughs> of the spikes, right? <laughs> Thank you, Christian, for explaining that. <laughs> so that's for this for our listening audience, just in case they weren't sure. <laughs> and here's another one. This is a good one. Stinkor. I remember that one. I remember he's that the, one. He's the, the evil master of odors. And <laughs> he looks like a skunk, but he's like got he's ripped like a fucking He-Man figure. <laughs> then then there's Snout Spout, the heroic water blasting firefighter who looks like pretty much a jacked up Ganesh with a uh, with, with like a robotic trunk. So this isn't like an elephant guy, but he's his face is robotic, uh, and he's the heroic water blasting firefighter. Here's another one. I think everyone here, if you should know this, if you like He Man, does anyone remember Hordak? Yep. Yeah. Hordak. Now Hordak was he on a She-Ra? I don't know. Is that the don't one? I remember that was watching like a, a lot of. Uh... Well, Hordak was the he was the leader of the evil horde, and he was actually now like the. There was almost oh, that third, guy. There was a third contingent, so it was like almost he was an enemy to both Skeletor yes. and He Man. He was the she- he right. was the Skeletor on Shira. Yes, that's right. right. But he they 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 crossed him over into uh, He Man's program, and then like he was against Skeletor and both He Man. So it added some new dimensions to the show. Well, wasn't uh, that wasn't that when they spun off Shira though? Like, wasn't that how they got Shira into her own show? If I remember, I think you're right. Like, because I think, like, didn't Hordak come in and it was like, not like they, like Skeletor and He-Man teamed up, but it was like there was this other enemy, right? I'm pretty sure now that you're yeah. mentioning that, that's what happened with Hordak. I think that's something familiar. A, 
Hordak's a pretty cool looking figure too. If I, when you actually, if you get a chance to Google that, take a look. And my last one that I'll mention for today is Stone Dar. He's the heroic. <laughs> he's the heroic rock people leader. Now this was uh, there was a <laughs> he was. This is a small new line. They as as the uh, masters of the universe figures progressed and time went on as they introduced Hordak and things like that. They uh, Transformers and GoBots must have come out into the market, so they decided to have He-Man figures that would transform as well. So Stonedar was one of a new line called the Comet Warriors who helped, uh, who came to Eternia and helped out He-Man. And Stonedar could transform into a stone. Wow. You know how that, kids that, that's hope, a good power. If if only this if only we could play with a rock. You know how kids are always <laughs> thinking that. A rock with hero characteristics. <laughs> no, He-Man was quite awesome. So, well, uh, I mean, and- okay, well, let, let me just go off on a little bit of a tangent about He-Man. First of all, this, the one thing I got to say about He-Man is first of all, cartoon action figures Worst secret identity ever conceived <laughs> in the history of time. You know, what you think? You think Prince oh, Adam was obvious? <laughs> Prince Adam is He Man. <laughs> Who would have thunk it? You know what I mean? No, the only difference was that basically He Man was tanned and Prince Adam was not. Essentially, <laughs> no. Basically, no. You're you're wrong there. Prince a- Prince Adam wore a white full length T shirt. And a like pink vest over pink it. So vest he was over it. tanned. He just was covered up. Oh, <laughs> my mistake. Well, then of course it was the perfect foil. Well, you no. couldn't tell because everyone who lived there was so jacked. Anyways, they just were like man. He just goes to the gym. They're all roided up. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. But That's I love it. it. <laughs> and their cereal That's funny. every morning. Take your steroids, he man or Prince Adam. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what? actually, I don't know if you ever uh, if you saw this. There was a. Uh, there was some delete. They put out a He-Man cartoon movie in the early '80s, and they've put it out on DVD now. And there's actually some cut scenes that they've put back in it, and they reveal in the cut scenes that Beast Man was the dealer of all the roids back on Eternia. <laughs> we know it's funny though, because it's funny because once again we have a Dolph Lundgren movie here. Masters of the Universe with uh, Dolph Lundgren. Not a bad movie in my you know what? No, Not a bad movie. And you know what? Actually, John Byrne actually was. I read in an interview considers that probably one of the uh, greatest possible movies in relation to comic books ever. Like is, that is essentially what he thought was one of the greatest comic book movies ever. And you know, I mean, you 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 want to look at Skeletor? They nailed Skeletor in that movie. Yeah, they didn't I mean, get they, a lot of other shit right, but they got no. Skeletor right. You know, if I may go on what Christian was saying, uh, Byrne's analogy there was it was the pro- a great movie rendition of jack kirby's new gods that's mm-hmm. what he that's what he felt that made that movie so good but you know that's if we you know we want to say guilty pleasure i've heard uh, that they're going to be making a new uh, masters of the universe movie that's in the works but uh that or that was that the 80s the the dolph lundgren film was that Oh God! It has to be a long time ago. Yeah, long it has time to be ago, at, at least the late eighties for sure. Yeah, definitely a guilty pleasure. But uh, no, but Christian, I didn't mean to stomp on your joke about that. But you're totally right about Prince Adam. I mean, he didn't even try. He didn't brush his hair differently. He didn't put on fucking glasses. <laughs> nothing. Oh, he didn't put on glasses because that would because you know, Clark Kent had such a good fucking alternate <laughs> fucking. But at least that's trying. Like Prince Adam, just you know, puts on a white T-shirt. You know what I mean? Puts a it's sword a pair down. of glasses. Come on. 
the thing is, is why does he have to hide his identity? Where Man at Arms is hanging out with him all the time, anyways. <laughs> yeah, that's he's right. Still hanging out with, like, hey, Man. At- well, hold on, Man at Arms. I have to. Go well, to and and come on. Oh, we just we happen to hang out with a big green tiger with fucking yellow stripes, and oh my God, Battle Cat is a green tiger with yellow stripes, but he has all this armor. Come on. Cringer was afraid of us. No, there's yeah. no, there's no way yeah. Prince Adam's he man. He's too big a pussy for crying out loud. Look at his cat. <laughs> You're totally right though. Like, what? No one else had a secret identity. You didn't see Merman wearing a fucking fedora and going like wearing a suit. <laughs> Hello, my just... name's Gary. Uh, well, wait, wait a minute. Skeletor needs me. Like, Prince Adam was the only guy that felt the need to fucking like hide He Man. And where did and where did Prince Adam go to change where no one could hear him? Because every time he changed it to He Man, he was yelling the shit out of the place. I <laughs> am the power. You know, his parents went, What's that noise again? Is Prince Adam yelling in his bedroom again? No, you just you just see everybody's out there rolling their eyes. That <laughs> Prince Adam. He thinks we don't know. Yeah. By no. the power of grace, God. <laughs> no, they, they they probably thought he was gay and he was doing some like S and M shit in his room. They didn't know what the fuck was going on. It's like, oh, that Prince Adam. Yeah. He's got the in there. I heard him crying. Well, wait a minute. I have to leave. Yeah, okay, Prince Adam, go. Like, yeah. all right. If we know, buddy. Everybody pretend like it wasn't him. Oh, where did Prince Adam go, E man? I just saw him. Let's go, Vice Skeletor. <laughs> so, Bloom, what 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 would you say is one of your favorite toy lines? Okay, I have I have my favorite that I played the most, but ones I wanted to mention because I had a a, a thing for really small, cheap toys as a kid. Do you remember Muscle Men? And that was an acronym for millions of unusual small creatures lurking everywhere. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Oh my god! What the fuck? I don't even remember. I didn't know that that's what they were called. Were, those, were those, those are little, like, freaking, like, were, tiny little plastic figures that were just, like, different kind of wacky-looking guys that didn't do anything? Yes. They were like wrestlers, right? Like, they, they were all pink. They were just basically form-pressed, and you could just collect hundreds of the different things, and they were all little creatures and little guy, like, whatever. The box just had, like, a wrestler on the front that looked like uh, he's wearing the Lucha... Lucha Libre door, mask, yeah. Libre mask, and... Uh, I don't know why I liked those, and I liked micro machines. Do you remember those? You those? only liked that because that guy talked very fast in the commercials. Micro, micro, micro machines. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, mom, mom, I need those. What's the whole the whole appeal like, or the whole the the catchy thing about those? Were like they're really small cars. Yeah, but you'd pull them back, and they'd go. Mirror. Yeah, I don't I don't know why, but that's basically what it was. It's really small cars, motorcycles, and boats or whatever. Smaller than remember, regular small cars. I think I was forced with. to collect things like that because my dad liked dinky cars. Here, son, take some of these. Have some no, more. Everyone liked dinky cars. I come on, did everyone on everyone on this podcast like dinky cars? Oh, I, I mean, we know Downs does, but like, oh yes, we all had those. But you know, there yeah. was a strange time uh, in the mid to late eighties where. Why, why did it make everything better to be small? Remember how, t- like, even girls' toys got into, was it Polly Pocket that they got into, like, everything was, like, miniature toys versions of yeah. shit? Like, that, wh- why did that make it better? I hey, it awesome. Just- I might lose it. Yay! <laughs> you could fit more of them in your room. I hardly have any toys. Look at this small area of toys. <laughs> I used to love them. I don't know. Maybe that's what it was, but you would just look and be like, hey, look how tiny they are. You couldn't play with them with the other dinky toys that you had, but I just, I love those things. I was a big 
a big fan of uh, Matchbox cars. My problem was is that I'd always thought that I was able to transform them. Like I thought, I'm going to make this car into a convertible. And I take <laughs> it to the basement. And I, the only tool I knew how to use at that age was a hammer. So I would smash it on top until, yeah, it would be completely destroyed. And I'd be like, oh, that didn't work. Let's try it with this one. <laughs> My dad used to get very, very upset with me because he'd go out and buy them. I'd destroy them. I think I tried you'd have like them. You'd have blueprints and all the ideas and yeah. pictures modified of how you're going to do it. And then you just pull out a hammer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, all I need is the right tools. How about this hammer? <laughs> yeah, I can remember trying to paint them. I'd use my mom's nail polish. That's all I had available to me. Like I, you know, <laughs> good ideas, bad follow through, not well executed. But to go to go back on it, um, you you were saying you had two, and I know I always, when it comes to favorites, I always have a hard time. I have to say, GI Joes were my absolute favorite because I used them all the time, and they were the most articulated um, toys that we had. Uh, they, they could, you know, bend above the elbows. They had guns. They could, you know, twist at the knees and the hips and the, like everything made them, you know, so you could pose them, move them around. They were more realistic. And they also came with really, really cool ships and guns and yeah, stuff. That was that was a selling point for those fucking figures was the accessories, dude. I mean, oh, for sure. Based on the fact, first of all, they had about eight million different figures. On top of that, they had freaking like Friggin' uh, battleships and friggin' tanks and everything. Well, on, yeah, and you could buy additional gun sets. Like, it would just be a pack mm-hmm. of guns. And my parents would be like, yeah, he's going to buy more guns. Okay, this kid's completely insane because I would just buy these little packs. And then they'd have, you know, pouch. I think they even came with – you could get backpacks to hold more guns for them. I don't know. Like, I just – I absolutely loved playing with them because they were also the same size as the Fisher-Price things. They would just kick more ass. And I'd, I'd play with those. And then as time went on, because I had those, and then later in the 80s were the Superpowers collection. You know Do you what? remember those? The Superpowers figures arguably are still one of my favorite lines of superhero toys ever. Well, they are fucking awesome. I actually, uh, Google, I actually Googled these mm-hmm. and uh, YouTubed the commercials for them recently. Uh, those toys are wicked. I mean – like the detail on them, it's a good-looking Superman figure. It's a really good-looking Hal Jordan Green Lantern. And then how they each had their like push the legs together, and Superman did his double punch, and Green Lantern's ring for, uh, finger went forward, or like it was <laughs> he just he flipped the bird to everybody. Actually. Oh yeah, I mean, but they, they, weren't they all the figures that we actually squeezed their legs together? They did their crazy shit. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, Red Tornado, you would squeeze his arms together, and his legs would go and spin, like. <laughs> They all, it was kind of neat because they had different ones, but they had like Brainiac and Lex Luthor and they had and, super, and, for some reason, Superman had a ship. Yes. That's what, you, which never made any sense to me. No, you I'm know what? Today I don't feel like flying Superman. What? Get off my back. I'm tired. Like he, he didn't feel, <laughs> and he, but it would, the thing, the ship was really fucking cool because it had that like battering ram thing yeah. at the front. Do you remember that? How you press the back yeah, of yeah. the ship, and that was w- absolutely wicked. But Wait, I was is gonna... that the one, is it the ship that actually had like friggin' fists? Like that? Yes, uh, on the left yes. and the right side of it. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't is, think yeah. that, did it have fists because I know yeah, it had I know the Christian's one right. in the front. Yeah, because the fists. I think they actually put it in the in the comic book way back when because it actually could grab kryptonite because Superman couldn't grab kryptonite outside mm-hmm. of the ship. Yeah, man. They had it was a huge collection of of like even the Aquaman was good. Robin, Batman. 
uh, green. I I had the dark side figure because first yeah. of all, you squeeze his legs together yeah, and he would hold his. He'd shake his arm. Here, here I am shaking my arms in my basement. <laughs> but anyway, I'm shaking his arms up in the air like I am Dark Side. I'm very powerful. He also had a cape you could remove and put on. But he also had like a little uh, plastic uh, lens on the top of his head. So yeah. if the sunlight was right, it would shine through the top of his head and make his eyes glow red. It was pretty cool. I'm telling you, man, these were great figures. They I was going to mention because Andrew brought up Brainiac. This was the uh, the Brainiac that was like that crazy robotic, uh, almost Terminator esque Brainiac version. Yeah, that looked so cool. And this is the uh, I think the Superpowers collection, if I'm not mistaken, introduced Lex Luthor in his battle armor. Yes. Yeah, and they yeah. actually have worked that into continuity. They each are both of those have uh, either. St- I, I, I'm not sure if those actually started in comics and uh, bled into the figures, or if it was vice versa. But they both of the that that Luth- uh, Luthor battle armor has actually worked itself into comic books, and it's pretty cool. Those mm-hmm. figures really stand the test of time. If you if you <laughs> get a look at them, they're well. They they have they have figure stats for the Lex Luthor that came in. It says Lex Luthor comes with battle armor that has a removable shoulder plate. By squeezing his legs together, Lex does a crazy hand jive that scares away heroes for miles around. (laughs) (laughs) Too sexy, too sexy. No, those were great figures, man. I don't remember ones like Golden Pharaoh. They had that one. Like I'm looking at it here. They actually had a Golden Pharaoh one. Was there a cyborg figure as part of this? Yes. There was, and, I, and there was Firestorm as well, and the Firestorm figure was really, really good, if I remember correctly. It looked awesome. Yeah, I remember the Firestorm figure. And I remember the Joker figure. The Joker, all the Joker had was a gigantic hammer. Yeah, but that, it looked like, it was so, those were so well detailed. I mean, like those, uh, I, I honestly believe if you held them up to some of the ones that are out in 2009, they're not, they're, they stand up, man. They're pretty good figures. Not bad. I, re- I I totally dug those ones. Hey, down. So okay. So what is uh, your favorite toy line? Okay. So the only thing is, while Andrew was talking, I totally blanked out and went to IMDb to check up on Masters of the Universe, <laughs> um, and and, <laughs> and and found some interesting things that are could be worth sharing, or we could just tell people to go and check them out. So it's up to you guys. What do you want to do? Share it. Okay. So it's 1987 is when the movie came out. Uh, first interesting tidbit, Christina Pickles, the sorceress, plays Courtney Cox's mom on the TV show Friends. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, the character Gwildor was, was uh, created to replace uh, Orko. Not really surprising. Um, another thing, most of the buildings in the movie in the downtown areas no longer exist because of a major earthquake in the 1990s. Um, uh, so interesting, the the original script for the movie had all the uh, action taking place on Eternia, but this is, you know, this is getting the end of the 80s when canon was, like, going in the shitter. So they had to totally rework it all and do it all, like, on Earth. That that was, like, why that all happened. Um, Sarah Douglas, I don't know who this chick is. Uh, you guys might know her, but she was supposed to play Evelyn because she was uh, in Superman and Superman 2 and Conan the Destroyer. Do you know who I'm talking about there? No. So the, I guess me either. I, I, I think of Superman too. Is it was it the chick who played um, what, what's uh, Zod's female companion Ursula. there in Superman? Ur- Ursula was that her? I don't know. Anyways, apparently they wanted that woman to play Evelyn, but they had to go with someone else. Um, Good choice. Sylvester Stallone was offered the role, but uh, 
obviously declined it. Interesting thing, the movie was based off of the toy line, not the uh, cartoon. So that was kind of a problem that they ran into, that the cartoon had kind of gotten popular once the movie was under uh, under production, if you will. Um, blah, blah, blah. Let me see. Comparison to cartoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So the director, this is fucking crazy, tried to convince the producers that Matthew Modine would make a good He-Man after his work in Vision Quest. <laughs> what? If he could just gain 112 pounds 100, of muscle mass. 150 pounds. <laughs> um, and, and I guess that that's that's basically it. So some interesting tidbits there that's for, for Master Universe. Yeah. Um, and and the reason why I was kind of distracting with that was because, um, in fact, as as one of I think the five favorites that Andrew mentioned, my favorite would definitely be GI Joe. And it's funny because it's not even so much for the figures. I mean, I love the Snake Eyes, I love Cobra Commander, but as as you guys have talked about, it, for me it was the vehicles. I remember being on bicycles with my buddies and um, having the uh, I don't know I can't remember what they're called the jeeps that that the GI Joes were in on strings driving around town with gi joe jeeps behind us you know what i mean like that was you know the hiss tanks and as i've already mentioned the uss flag to this day is something that i'd love to have somewhere not like i could fit it because it's fucking six feet long um that that was just i think they they took that cartoon and said you know what we're gonna make a fucking boatload of money on action figures and we're gonna option everything into the sun and they did it and it and it worked so G.I. Joe was the shit for me for figures. I mean, we were always, you know, who had the better, you know, this. And it was like the new thing came out. It was like, oh, my God, you know, is Brian going to get that? You know what I thought was, I must admit that I think G.I. Joe did well in one other toy line that I liked, uh, which was my co-favorite, which I'll mention in just a second. They they did something that almost predates uh, viral marketing, which was the, you know, send in your proofs of purchases to get certain figures. You remember that? Yeah, they yeah. would go like if you wanted to get the Sergeant Slaughter or Refrigerator Perry figure, you yeah, had yeah. to like, hey kids, this one's limited edition. Like, send in your proofs of purchase. Do you remember? Did you not have buddies that were doing that? If you collected five proofs of purchases and mailed it to the uh, whatever it was, and they they would send you the these limited edition figures, that created such a buzz on the playground, man. With uh, with GI Joe, it was just unbelievable and to your point that cartoon continually fed into the the action uh the figure line so it's like That's that right. just kept replenishing itself you would like with each season you would be going oh my god there's going to be fucking 400 new toys we can't wait just give them give them give them like you know it was the the toy line that never stopped giving you know what i mean like it was from i mean it went from the early 80s almost to the 90s and up until Serpentor and all that shit. Like, it was just a very, very dense toy line. And you're right, probably had arguably the best vehicles of any toy line. The GI at, that, sure. at that time, they killed in vehicles. You know, the other thing, too, though, that you just reminded me of, their commercials were killer. Like, you know, it wasn't just a, some dude playing with fucking Zartan and his little fucking jet ski or whatever it was. Like, they had a swamp set up, you know, and it was like, I'm going to ride my jet ski across the water. I'm going to jump out and I'm going to, what did he do? Change his face. Or he had his chest that, I mean, Christian knows this, I'm sure. But I just remember when you were a kid, 
you could not argue with those TV commercials. It was like, I need to get that toy because I'm going to have that much fun. You know, and that, that's what they do now. And I think they really ushered that whole, you know, we set this up in the coolest atmosphere ever, and these toys will sell. And they did that. I mean, I remember yeah, those. And we're thinking to ourselves, I need that toy. And I got to find some fucking swamp to play that. Because, you know, like there'd be like you'd be seeing this and they'd be like when uh, G- well, which was the G.I. Joe that was the winter guy. What was his name? Do you oh, remember him? Fuck. Snowfall or whatever the hell is. Do you, am, am, am I there was a guy that wore basically snow job, snow, snow job. job. Nice snow one. Job. Andrew, yep. Nice one, Andrew. That one they had like, and the kids would be out in the fucking Antarctica, and I'd be like, <laughs> where, where are these kids playing with these toys, man? Like, but Jesus Christ, I have to get one of them. Like, you know, they, yeah, yeah. you're totally right. They'd be playing them in you the always, most obscure thing. You always thought that if you if you get it, you set one of those up. I'm going to get it. I'm totally going to set up some snow thing. I can do that. I can totally work. And then you'd get them. You would just play out in the front yard. Have like That's what it was. It was like whatever it was, they, they had the best scenes for the figures. And you'd be like, I'm totally going to have like sand and a huge castle. And, you know, uh, you know, Cobra Commander is going to have his own fucking, you know, castle and it's going to be awesome and then as you say it'd be like you'd be sitting there with your three friends and like your half-ass collection on pavement somewhere going like oh look out roblox gonna take out fucking you know like it was yeah, just... you want to make a castle no let's just play with the grass okay yeah yeah, yeah that's totally true let's we could make driftwood bridges make set up rocks and have those blow up but my bedspread could be fine as well. We could just play yeah, on yeah. that. Yeah, like just hitting the figures together. <laughs> the I must say the uh, well, I I mentioned earlier that Masters of the Universe shares the top spot with one other toy line for me, and I'm actually surprised that some of the people on this uh, podcast did not mention this. My other favorite toy line is Star Wars because I got to tell you, man, this. The, that toy line was fucking amazing. And you want to talk about replenishing. With each fucking movie that came out, you were jacked to see, yeah. to, to see all the toys that came out. Oh, if yeah. you, you wanted Luke in Bespin. You wanted Empire Luke. You, uh, you wanted Luke uh, literally from Hoth. You want like the uh, Jedi Luke wearing the black outfit from Return of the Jedi. These were awesome. And I still must say one of the coolest toys ever was the Carbonite Han Solo. Do you remember that? That yes. came in uh, Boba Fett's yeah. Slave One ship. These were so awesome. The one thing I must say, I will say that the vehicles challenged G.I. Joe for, uh, for like literally supremacy. The only problem where Star Wars lagged was the actual play sets. The Death Star is a circular fucking thing. And it was just this big square hut. Like they didn't do the play sets very well for star Wars. I found no, no, like, they were, they were kind of lame. Yeah. Don't you find like the Hoth uh, play set was like six inches with uh, one of those cannons and a little chunk yeah. of snow. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah it's yeah. like, come on, man. Like tat. I don't even know if they did. One. No, they did. They do a Tatooine, uh, Mos Eisley cantina one. Uh, oh, I, I don't know. I think they, they did have one. Oh, no, they no. I'm thinking they, of, they uh, did Dagobah though, right? Yes, you're right. You're so, and this Dagobah had a bunch of snakes and some uh, and some quicksand or something. No, there yeah. was a cantina set. I distinctly remember that. There, there, there had to have been. 
But I don't like that was the one thing about the early Star Wars, the the original trilogy, where the play sets were not great, but the vehicles. I mean, I still remember the Tauntaun where they had the actual like, yes. saddle for it, and you could stick yeah. the figure in. Those totally. were absolutely awesome, man. And they let every Star Wars figure that was seen on film for even 10 seconds or like a tenth yeah. of a second, they'd make a figure for it. Like, there you know what I figure. mean? They would go, this was the Gamorrean guard from Jabba's palace and he's got a figure. Like, you know, they they were just absolutely awesome toys. And you had three movies, like basically nine years worth of replenishment for that toy line. It was just absolutely awesome. I mean... Yeah, the uh, the the Cantina Adventure set was basically like a backdrop made of cardboard. Yeah, man. Like I'm looking at it right now. It was it was super. It looked like seriously. It looked like it was just a backdrop, and that was it. It looked like you're in Mos Eisley or whatever, and just okay, that was it. You put your like it had stormtroopers drawn on it. <laughs> but yet, like yet, you look. Think about it. The tie Darth Vader's Tie Fighter. You oh, could that press was awesome. buttons and the and the wings would pop off. Blow you off. could the millenn I I actually the Falcon. Had, the Millennium yeah. Falcon is at my parents' place. It is st- that is an awesome toy, man. It is mm-hmm. huge. It's For still sure. big, and I'm a 35 year old man. Like it's a big toy, just awesome. But you're right. Well, and the, uh, the 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 ads, right? I mean, I, I was gonna say the the Falcon and the ads were like as a kid. Not only are they cool in a movie, but the fact that you could get that as a toy was fucking amazing. You know what I mean? Like that was the the. the unbelievable it was just like i can have them like and it was you're right the million falcon was like 60 inches probably like it was massive yeah man like i have a friend it's funny that i work with who went on ebay and recently purchased a very good quality adat walker and he paid quite a bit of money for it but he has it in his office now and those things when you actually go and look at it again and it has the snow the snow troopers i guess they call them uh Like a dri- and they also have the driver with the gray hat and stuff. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. the Anat Walkers are still a pretty impressive toy. I mean, you're totally right. Like, it, it I, just- I, 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 the Anat Walkers for me were always the coolest. It's interesting that you're talking about Star Wars because for me, the the toys were cool. But when I got a little bit older, the models I did, and actually, I'm surprised I don't have any right now. Actually, I think I have one in a box somewhere. I was going through this weekend. I, I've done Star Wars models up until a couple of years ago where I've still done a Millennium Falcon model. I've done an, an Adat Walker. I don't know. To me, that Adat Walker is one of the coolest vehicles ever invented. The fact that it's this huge armored vehicle on four legs that just fucking wow. I mean, that was just – and to put that as a toy or a fucking model, man, that is the shit a 10-year-old kid is going to cream his jeans about, man. Like <laughs> He's 10. That excited. Oh, oh. oh. Oh, oh boy! Do you remember the? Did you mention the Death Star space station? Yes, it, it had the three levels and the uh, um, the elevator that went to the different levels, and then on the very bottom level, it had the trash, trash compactor. That, that was the only. Yeah. yeah, that was the only thing that they that was very cool about that. You know, what? I don't think I ever knew anyone that had that toy. Oh, I do. Oh, I did. Uh, that was that one. That same. How that big was that toy? The, it was pretty big. Like it Seven was... feet tall, three and a half feet wide, and it smelled <laughs> like adventure. It's no USS flag, I'll tell you that. <laughs> no, that's true. <laughs> well, guys, I think 
I think we've had a good time talking about action figures. This has been a lot of fun. Uh, but I think that's we'll wrap it up at that uh, at this point. Why don't we go into our uh, atomic picks? So I'm going to start with Andrew Bloom. I pick toys. No. <laughs> um, this week, kind of not, I don't know if it fits so much in the realm of geek, but it just started last week. And I have to say that one of my favorite shows is back on television. And we talked about it. It's the ultimate fighter reality show on Spike. Nothing gets me more excited watching TV than that show. I don't know what it is, but I get really into the fights. I punch people randomly the next day at work. Um, Hi, Andrew. Hey, hi, puncher. Um, If you don't get a chance, like if you haven't watched it and you kind of like the UFC, you watch this show, you are going to enjoy the UFC a lot more after uh, having seen it. That's my pick. Uh, Downs. Okay. I think I mentioned, um, was it last week? That I bought an iPod Touch, and you know, I just wanted to really uh, give a shout out to the iPod Touch. Um, the the apps and the games are really just blowing me away. Um, unlike someone mentioned last week, you know, the games are not just you know 3D brick breaker. Um, I have this game which is uh, I'm really really impressed with. It's called um, what is it called? Something about land, land, landing airplanes or something. Very uh, I don't impressive. know what. Well, I don't know what the fuck the actual name of the fucking uh, it's called air flight control. No, it's called it's called flight control. Did I already talk about this? Yeah. Well, no. Okay. Um, I don't know. Maybe I did. But if I did, you know, first of all, you know, as a device, the iPod Touch is blowing me away. Um, my my youngest child is a pain in the ass to go to sleep for me. Um, anytime his mother's not around, I usually am in hell. Um, tonight, while he was while I was trying to convince him to go to bed because I was by myself, um, I didn't know what the fuck to do. I thought, let me throw pull out the iPod Touch, and I, I downloaded an application for my iPod. It took two seconds, or maybe more like thirty seconds, and it's just he loves dogs. He calls them woo woos, and uh, <laughs> it's just it's just pictures of dogs going by on the screen, and I put him to sleep by just showing him pictures of dogs on my iPod touch and if son, this isn't his son is what <laughs> no my son is not quite two years old and um, if this isn't what a, a handheld device is made for I don't know what the fuck it is this is making my life easier in situations like that because it's thin it's easy it's wireless it's fucking everything and that is what I really love about this um, and just to go back to that flight control game um, it's just this game where uh, you land airplanes on um, on a couple different runways and I find myself playing this game all the time. If I'm on the bus or if I'm, I'm hanging out, I'm killing time. It it just really has me addicted. I I haven't touched my Xbox 360 or my Wii in months and I'm playing the four or five games I've downloaded on my iPod touch almost every day. So, uh, you know, uh, I'm just totally brainwashed and into the iPod touch slash iPhone. Uh, I'm actually locked into like a hundred year contract with those assholes at bell. Uh, so, you know, I can't get an iPhone, but this is my way of getting around that. And, uh, there's my little insult to bell that I got on the podcast as well. All right, Christian. Uh, my, uh, atomic pick is essentially, I'll, I'll keep in theme, uh, within the, the realms of the theme of the show, which is obviously toys, and uh, any, I have a one and uh, one and a half year old son, well, seventeen month year old son. Any excuse I have uh, to take him to Toys R Us, I am there to take him to Toys R Us because uh, I'm sure he will love toys as much as I do. So I take him there. And the one thing that blows me away every time I go there is that we make a beeline is for uh, the Lego 
they have out now. Now, the sad thing is, is my boy is only about, you know, just over a year old, so he can't play with these fantastic sets out there. But I'm just freaking counting the days when I can buy this shit for him so I can help him, you know, put this stuff together. And there's a line out now they have now called the – it's a Lego Indiana Jones collection, and this stuff is pretty awesome. They have a set alone dedicated to, like, Indiana Jones on that uh, – you know, in the first one, they're, they're on the plane, and they're, they're fighting in the, underneath the, with the freaking big, bald German guy. There's oh yeah, set. yeah. There's a set for that. There's a set for just basically escaping escaping the temple from the first movie and so on. There's about 12, 12 or so different sets and they're all just balls awesome. And I'm just counting down the days where my boy will actually is legitimately old enough to play with them so I can legitimately buy them for him and I'm using quotation marks in the air. <laughs> and okay, so my atomic pick this week is once again surprise surprise for a comic book. Uh this week's comic book choice is a little series called Star Trek Countdown. Yes, I'm actually recommending a Star Trek comic. Now, I'm not one to ever have read a comic book series based on Star Trek. However, I'd heard buzz about the series that IDW Publishing has put out, which is considered the official prequel to the new Star Trek movie that's coming out in May. The story was conceived by the writers of the upcoming film. And I have to say, if you are a anticipating uh, the new movie and or a fan of the Star Trek The Next Generation cast, you probably want to pick this up in trade paperback. This is considered in canon. The film, uh, the, the comic book takes place after the last very shitty uh, Star Trek The Next Generation film, uh, Nemesis, and picks up picks up where the Next Generation crew was after that and takes us perfectly into lead-up and where we're going to start in the new movie. The way the writer in the in the foreword calls this is, this is the Star Trek The Next Generation cast handing the torch back to the original cast. I got to say, if you're a fan of TNG and... There are a lot of Easter eggs in this and a lot of moments that you're really going to appreciate. Uh, the older uh, Leonard Nimoy-esque Spock appears in this, and it's also basically the entire series is built around the origin of Nero, who is the going to be the villain for the uh, new upcoming J.J. Abrams Star Trek film. I have to say, I've never, been a, never read a Star Trek comic but for uh, a prequel, which seems to be all the rage now in comics, where you're taking film and TV properties and doing in-canon material, Star Trek Countdown is pretty goddamn good. And it definitely got me a little bit more excited for the J.J. Uh, Abrams uh, Star Trek film that is coming out. So pick it up. All right. So well, guys, what, what, what about for all of those who, who uh, don't read like Entertainment Weekly every week? What does in-canon mean? Uh, in canon means that this is actually within continuity. This is not, just not a comic book series for the sake of doing a story. This is the legitimate uh, story that picks up from Nemesis into the prequel. So this is the real Paramount approved, Paramount mm. Pictures, which owns Star Trek, approved storyline. So you get uh, the what happened to Data and Picard and all of them after that last movie, what, why Spock and the the origin of Nero, some of this uh, material that's in the comic book series is going to be touched on, just as the Clone Wars uh, Gendi Tarakovsky cartoon was uh, considered canon prequel to 
the uh, Star Wars, this comic book series, and or similarities to the uh, Joss Whedon Buffy season. I think it's eight or nine that's happening in, uh, on, uh, in Dark Horse Comics. This is real continuity. So if you are looking forward to the new Star Trek movie or you want to see what's happened to the Next Generation cast, uh, this is definitely worth picking up. It's, it's quite good. DJ, if I can just cut in to tie it together, Downs, just so you know, you can download the Star Trek Countdown comic book for your iPhone. Oh, nice! For My iPod sense. Touch. Sorry, your iPod but touch. but so I would, so but but does that mean that the Enterprise is going to have cannons on it? I don't understand. Quiet, I'm just you. <laughs> Quiet, you. Funny. Uh, I try. All right, guys. So that's going to do us for another week. That's going to be the wrap up for the Atomic Geeks episode thirteen. Lucky number thirteen. Lucky number 13. We will be back next week for another thrilling episode. If you would like to, you can visit our Facebook group. We are on Facebook. We're also on Twitter. So definitely, if you'd like to follow us, come find us on Twitter. Uh, as well, we appreciate anyone that come, would like to leave us a review on uh, iTunes. And if you'd ever like to visit for all things geek, go to the Atomic Geeks. Dot com. We'll see you next week. We're out. You've just listened to another episode of the Atomic Geeks. Visit us at theatomicgeeks.com. Production by Andrew Bloom. Title track by Don't Look Down. 